Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is April 28th. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Sean just had a discussion with BD's VP and GM of Molecular Diagnostics. How did that go? It was very interesting. It was uh, Nikos Pavlidis, and we spoke about a recent survey that the company commissioned about uh, sexually transmitted infections and a lack of awareness and a lack of education in the general population, specifically among women and uh, minority populations. So, yeah, it was a really interesting conversation, and hopefully uh, there will be something on the website soon. Awesome. And people can check that out on MassDevice.com in the near future. Otherwise, today we're going to be discussing wound coverings, diabetes tech, and ablation therapy. So, without further ado, what is the first thing we need to know to get our day started today? We'll start with diabetes again. Uh, Dexcom picked up coverage expansion in Canada for its G6. So it's another coverage change that enables more people to access Dexcom's technologies. Continuous glucose monitoring systems like Dexcom's G6 are seemingly becoming increasingly popular among people with diabetes since they provide real-time glucose data and alerts to help patients manage their glucose level more effectively. So first of all, what is Dexcom G6? So it's the company's previous generation uh, continuous glucose monitor, or CGM. It's the main offering in Canada right now as the country hasn't approved the latest generation G7, which is available in the US and Europe. But G6 is a small wearable sensor and transmitter that continuously measures glucose. It transmits glucose levels wirelessly to a smart device or receiver and enables patients to evaluate real-time data without scanning or pricking their finger routinely. Sounds like great news for people with diabetes in Canada as it will enable them to have more access to this advanced glucose monitoring system. So that sounds like great news. What exactly does the expansion cover though? Well, it follows more expansion news. Uh, last week, the Medicare or Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services expanded coverage in the U.S., so it's an, another big win, this time in Canada. This one comes through Canada's non-insured health benefits program. It enables any client managing diabetes with insulin to access the standard of care. So Dexcom says the G6 is now at its most accessible point ever under the NIHB program. And it also marks the highest degree of diabetes management possible for First Nations and Inuit peoples. So Native peoples in Canada can now access important technology. Wow, that's that's amazing. It sounds like this expansion of the coverage is just part of a growing trend toward better access to this technology worldwide. Absolutely, yeah. What is the device cleared for initially in Canada? Yeah, so it it received clearance in early 2019 by Health Canada uh, for people with diabetes ages two and up, and it's remained one of the leading CGM systems there and around the world since its introduction. Hmm. Well, what is the next thing we need to know to get our day started? This one was interesting. Uh, Inablative Designs wins FDA breakthrough nod for ablation device. Obviously, ablation is a super hot space in med tech, and this is an application of it that at least I hadn't come across before. So I was really interested to to look into it. Inablative Designs is such a unique name as well. It kind of combines, you know, innovation and ablation. But <laughs> definitely. So you mentioned this being pretty unique. What does what is this device indicated for? Yeah, so it's called the Sera system and it's for use in breast cancer patients undergoing breast conserving surgery, also known as BCS or lumpectomy. And how does it work? Uh, Sera uses radio frequency ablation or RFA through what it describes as a unique spherical shape that circum- circumferentially delivers radio frequency energy. It delivers this energy to the entire cavity and yields reproducible action depths. 
So as we know, FDA breakthrough designation helps expedite the development and review of innovative medical devices and therapies that have the potential to provide significant benefits over existing treatments. So how does the company expect the device to streamline procedures and workflows? Yeah, well, Innovative Design said that this provides greater confidence in a consistent thermal effect. It says that RFA can also reduce operations and local recurrence in breast cancer treatment. The CEO, Richard Stark, called it a game changer. So obviously the FDA agrees with that. It seems like it's quite an interesting breast cancer development. What else should we know to start our day? The FDA cleared the Veriflow therapy dressings from 3M. So an interesting development in the wound care space and some good news for 3M, which just announced layoffs a couple of days ago. What are these dressings and who are they designed for exactly? So they are called the Veriflow Cleanse Choice Complete and the VAC Veriflow Cleanse Choice Dressing. 3M said they received the first ever FDA clearance for hydromechanical removal of infectious materials, non-viable tissue, and wound debris, and they're aimed at reducing the number of surgical debridements required. It also promotes granulation tissue formulation, creating an environment that promotes wound healing. Interesting. I guess this clearance from the FDA kind of underscores the safety and efficacy of this wound care product. So... And they're obviously a little more advanced than your typical Band-Aid. I mean, those were a lot of words I've never heard before. So how exactly do they work? In fairness, before I wrote them, I'd never heard them either. But uh, the dressings use 3M's negative pressure wound therapy to hydromechanically remove non-viable tissue. The products provide clinically proven therapy that can reduce the number of required surgical debridements. In doing so, they prepare the wound for closure faster and can help reduce the length of stay and therapy for wound care patients. And what do surgeons have to say about the technology? Dr. Paul Kim, a professor in the Department of Plastic Surgery and Orthopedic Surgery at University of Texas Southwestern, said in a news release that the wound healing procedures are getting more complex. So he noted that solutions that help reduce the number of surgeries and accelerate the healing time not only help patient recovery, but also lower the cost of care and just create an overall more efficient delivery of care for health systems, too. Let's move on to some more diabetic news. What's the next thing we need to know to get our day started? Yes, yeah, slightly, slightly off the beaten path from what we've usually done with diabetes, but uh, Nevro enrolls first patient in painful diabetic neuropathy sensory study. So it's another great step forward in both diabetics, but also spinal cord stimulation. I know that painful diabetic neuropathy is kind of a common complication of diabetes that can pretty much significantly impact a patient's quality of life. How many patients will be enrolled in this study? Uh, The company said it will enroll up to 236 patients across multiple sites in the U.S. And what is the sensory study going to assess? The study is going to look at the restoration of neurological function as a primary objective in patients with intractable painful diabetic neuropathy. So patients in the trial will be randomized to conventional medical treatment or 10-KHZ therapy, which is nevrose therapy, along with conventional management and an optional crossover to the other treatment arm at six months if the criteria are met. Interesting. This seems like a significant milestone for patients who are suffering from this condition and kind of highlights the potential of innovative medical devices to improve patient outcomes. So what kind of benefits is Nevro expecting this technology will have on diabetic patients? 
Yeah. Well, like you said, you know, it's, it's a common occurrence in people with diabetes and treatment for foot ulcers and amputation surgeries, costly, financially and emotionally. So by restoring sensation in the feet, the nevrotherapy has the potential to relieve substantial disease burden, prevent amputations and allow patients to be more active, thus improving their overall health and quality of life while reducing healthcare costs, which is always a plus. Awesome. And finally, as we have discussed previously this week, it is earnings season. So what's the last thing we need to know? Well, Baxter had its stock on the rise today after beating Wall Street expectations in the first quarter and raising its guidance. So just one quarter after the company announced restructuring and layoffs, it's uh, definitely some welcome news. And how did the company perform financially? The company reported profits of $44 million, or $0.09 cents per share, on sales of $3.65 billion for the three-month period. So even though the bottom line slid nearly 40% and sales actually dropped 1.6% on a reported basis, the company had earnings per share on an adjusted basis of $0.59, cents, which was $0.10 cents ahead of Wall Street expectations, and the sales beat by about $0.05 billion uh, on the on the revenue front. It sounds like its financial performance kind of reflects the company's ongoing commitment to innovation and growth and the success that it had in the quarter could enable them to continue investing in research and development and bring new and innovative medical devices to the market. But what did it credit its sales growth to? Yeah. So like I said, on a reported basis, they, they declined, but on a constant currency rates, they were actually up to, up 2%, which Baxter said reflected positive demand across its portfolio, uh, including recovery in patient and procedure volumes, which obviously have been down since the pandemic, and generally stabilizing macroeconomic conditions, which frankly, we're still seeing in these earnings stories that, you know, companies are wary of the macroeconomic climate right now. And so for a company to come out and say they're stabilizing that is hopefully good news. But Baxter also said that their supply chain challenges have been relieved a little bit and their advanced surgery, frontline care, pharmaceutical and renal care units all all provided growth uh, driving. Hmm. And what did the company CEO have to say on the whole performance? Um, Jose Almeida said that Baxter's performance reflects sustained demand for our medically essential products amid a stabilizing macroeconomic climate and healthcare marketplace. He said that the company, or he's confident that the company's transformational actions in terms of restructuring and obviously the layoffs that are currently underway, and they said they'll report more on in the second half of this year, will help Baxter advance the company's performance, fueling enhanced agility, efficiency, and resilience as we navigate an evolving landscape. Well, we'll be sure to keep everyone updated on the financial performance of all of these big med tech companies as earnings season continues. That's all we have for today. I thank you for joining me again, Sean, and giving us some insight into the happenings in the med tech industry. Happy to join. And I should point out that you can read more about all of these stories and more on the Mass Device website and check out our show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us online. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, and the same name on LinkedIn. How about you, Sean? Uh, Sean Hooley, S-E-A-N-W-H-O-O-L-E-Y on LinkedIn. Please connect. Subscribe to the Mastervice Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Tuesday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.